Ari Rosenbaum with another fun-filled episode of that Foreign K podcast. Uh, this week's topic, we're going to talk about concepts that uh, plant sponsors uh, are probably not aware of as a 401k plan sponsor. And of course, first things first, let's talk about that 401k uh, site.com for further information on all the live events. Uh, that 401k National Virtual Conference is going to be in late January 2023. Sign up for $2.23. You can be part of a two-day Zoom-only event. Get some great content. Um, of course, if you miss it, uh, you can always watch what you missed on YouTube because we will put that on um, a couple days later. For um, live events, uh, Detroit has been booked for Wednesday, May the 3rd. Uh, we will also have some events. Yankee Stadium, I think, is something that we're going to try to do uh, in 2023, um, as well as Arlington, Texas again, and perhaps Milwaukee, maybe Oakland. We'll see how we are. We're looking at a maximum of five events, one of which be New York, so it won't require any travel. Um, you know, less events. Just because, um, you know, uh, I, I still think that a, a big part of the audience is never coming back for these live events. Not just for my live events, but for, you know, other people running national conferences and whatnot. I think you will see a significant, um, a consistent uh, decrease in attendance. Uh, it is what it is. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, and, you know, anybody in their <laughs> conference business holding events, whether it's for plant sponsors or plant providers, it's still something that's uh, still an issue, and, and I think it's going to be for good. Um, I could be I could be certainly wrong in that, but I still believe that there'll be a segment of the population that will no longer attend live events, just the nature, uh, which I think is understandable about what we've gone through over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, uh, I can remember in 2020, um, and... If you remember the schedule, I think May 2020, we we're going to have the event in St. Louis and just sitting back and, you know, wondering when we could have it. And, you know, we didn't have it until September 2021. Uh, it is what it is. But let's get back to the topic at hand. And again, go to that 4 to sign up for all the live events. Uh, concepts that plant sponsors aren't really aware of. Uh, how do I say this nicely? Uh, my parents like to joke at uh, my expense, I want to say. I I tried to be the parent that I would not belittle my kids because of the nonsense that I, I went through. And one of the things when I went through as a kid is I remember uh, I was never taught the birds and the bees by my parents. Um, you know, you know, I, I kind of it was something like, how are babies being born or whatever? And I told my parents, I told my mother, I said, it's probably sex. That's what's going to happen. But, you know, still, I guess, not to tell me or to belittle me, she gave me um, this, like, cartoon book, where did I come from, that kind of, you know, jokey thing. So she could say until the end of time that, um, you know, I didn't know where, you know, kids came from, which was nonsense. But that's a whole nother story, you know, that's neither here nor there, but I guess right. Uh, but we, you know, that that's not part of their story. The part of the story was to, to make fun of me and whatnot. But when it comes to having a 401k plan, uh, there is no, isn't a cartoon book uh, to explain basic concepts to plan sponsors. And you know, that's a problem. Maybe I could 
you know, actually, I'm not going to do any drawing. When I was a kid in, in, in day school and whatnot, we used to draw comic books. And, uh, our, you know, I can't speak for others, but my um, writing, my drawings were terrible. I did a stick figure, whatever. But there's some, you know, really interesting concepts that, uh, you know, plant sponsors aren't really aware of. And I think number one is they are on the hook for liability. Um, they believe, you know, plant sponsors unreasonably believe uh, that if I hire plant providers, the plant provider is responsible for what goes on with the plant. Yeah, they're responsible for what they do, but ultimately on, as a fiduciary, they are on the hook for liability. And again, I will say it a thousand times, you'll have plant sponsors talk about, you know, not a testimonial, but they'll talk about these plant providers they used for 20 years and they can't believe they got screwed and they can't believe that they were on the hook for liability. And that's the nature. Um, that's the problem. You know, CPA goofs on the audit, plan gets audited, tough luck. That, that's life. Um, you know, uh, pl being a plan sponsor means a plan fiduciary. So it's incumbent on the plan sponsor to hire good, um, plan providers that will minimize their liability. And that's, you know, uh, again, even if a plan sponsor would hire a 316 or 338 fiduciary, that assumes the liability uh, with the fiduciary uh, component of the plan, uh, plan sponsor still on the hook for hiring these folks. You know, I, I always talk about the Bernie Madoff of 338s. One day that will happen. And uh, ultimately the plan sponsor would still be, you know, responsible for hiring uh the crook of a 338. So many plan sponsors, you know, again, they've learned the hard way uh, through a RISA, a RISA, through an audit by the DOL or the uh, IRS, or you know, this, you know, issues were discovered on, on a changeover from one CPA to the other. A CPA fails to file a 5500. An advisor uh, fails to conduct fiduciary meetings. These are all the hallmarks of um, poor work by a plan provider that will get a plan sponsor on the hook for liability. And, um, you know, plan sponsors certainly need to realize that ultimately the buck stops with them. Uh, I always remember uh, I was a big fan of uh, reading presidential history uh, when I was a kid. And, you know, Harry Truman had the, the thing where, you know, the buck stopped here. Next, the most important plan provider is the TPA. You know, I'm an ERISA attorney. I'm a plan provider. Um, I know quite a few good financial advisors, ERISA auditors, but ultimately, the most important plan provider is the TPA. Why? Because they have the most chances to screw up. They do all the work. Uh, a lot of that work is really intensive and, and whatnot, and, and that could certainly be a problem. So, um, this is uh, uh, certainly an issue. Um, and, you know, if a, um, if a TPA screws up, uh, it's again, the plan sponsor's responsibility and better TPAs do a heck of a job better than bad TPAs. So a TPA does all the compliance testing, allocations, trades, plan documents, design work, and, you know, does the filing of the 5,500 with so many, you know, um, so many things to do, um, so many responsibilities, it just increases the likelihood that things will get screwed up. Now, a good TPA will not do that, but a bad TPA certainly will. You know, it's kind of like juggling. Um, a good TPA is is going to continue juggling. A bad TPA is just 
going to drop the ball. They got so many balls up in the air and, you know, doing a 5,500, doing reconciliations, doing trading, this, this, and that. It's a really tough job. And that's why I always think it's important for a plan sponsor to hire um, the best TPA they can. Um, and, you know, listen, good TPAs make mistakes, but they make less mistakes than bad TPAs. Next, um, I think plan sponsors really need to identify that ERISA bonds and fiduciary liability coverage are not the same thing. Um, too many plans don't re too many plan sponsors don't realize that an ERISA bond for an ERISA plan is a necessary requirement. So that means that on Form 5500, it asks for the bond, and if there's not enough protection for the plan, or if there is no bond whatsoever, that is a uh, marker for the DL and or the IRS to audit the plan. I'm not saying that every plan that doesn't have a bond is targeted for an audit. I'm saying it just increases the likelihood. While, you know, smoking certainly increases the risks for lung cancer, doesn't mean that smoking causes everyone to have lung cancer. Quite a few smokers never had lung cancer for one reason or the other. But um, the lack of a bond uh, or Insignificant bond coverage to me is an opportunity for a plan sponsor to get audited um, off their 5500. Now, while ERISA bond is protecting the assets of uh, the plan from plan fiduciaries, now perfect perfect situation is I work on a defined benefit plan where um, the advisor was Bernie Madoff, so that's why I always make these Bernie Madoff jokes. I dealt with a plan that was fully invested with the Madoff funds, uh, $3 million bucks went off, poof. Um, problem was is that this ERISA plan did not have a bond. Uh, thanks to the Ponzi scheme and they had a trustee, uh, they were able to recover most of the money. Um, it was a non-PBGC case, so the owners waived their benefit and whatever, and we we, we fixed that problem, but uh, um, a nicer fix would have been to have an ERISA bonds uh, in place as was required. Fiduciary liability coverage, which protects plan fiduciaries in terms of litigation, that's not required, but I recommend it for anybody with employees uh, in their plan. Um, you never know what the situation may be. Uh, it's good to have that protection. Years ago, I worked in a union law firm. One of the uh, big clients that we didn't handle the ERISA matters, we handled other matters, had a situation where they were part of a class action lawsuit. They were sued. They had a million dollars worth of um, legal expenses with $100,000 deductible on the fiduciary liability insurance. That was the extent of their damage. Uh, the um, insurance company picked up $900,000, uh, and that was that. And... Um, that's why I always recommend that there is some sort of uh, fiduciary liability coverage. It's not very expensive, but it's a necessary uh, evil in times um, of uh, quite a bit of litigation out there. Uh, obviously, the you know you got a, a ten million dollar plan is going to be uh, sued by Jerry Schlichter, but you never know what could come of it. Um, again, I'm dealing with a situation on a hundred twenty five million dollar. Uh, pep, where, you know, somebody wants $3,000 uh, for some reason or another. Next, 
you can be liable, plan sponsors can be liable even if participants direct their own investments. That goes back to the whole Meyer Swazi situation with my old law firm where, you know, uh, not having a financial advisor in the plan, not um, educating plan participants, uh, not reviewing funds over 10 years and keeping the same funds in. Uh, these are not uh, situations where liability protection is going to be offered for ERISA 404C. ERISA 404C governs participant-directed plans, and the situation is is that as long as a plan sponsor has a prudent fiduciary process for selecting and replacing investment options in the plan, and as long as they provide enough information for employees to make informed investment decisions, they are going to be uh, protected from liability for losses sustained by plan participants within their 401k plan. Now, this is a bigger issue now uh, where, you know, the stock markets are, what, 25% off the highs? Uh, and with inflation concerns and concerns that we probably are right in, in a recession right now, um, I think it's a, it's a bigger problem. You know, when, when the stock market's going up 30% a year, you know, nobody's crying about how much they're making. Everybody's making money in the market. Uh, nobody's going to be suing over that. And so that's why I think it's important plan sponsor to have an uh, investment policy statement, uh, have a financial advisor that, that guides them on the investment policy statement and selecting and replacing funds based on the criteria set forth in the IPS. Um, and again, I think it's important to have regular uh, investment education slash enrollment meetings so plan participants can get some guidance uh, because most planned participants are just not sophisticated investors. It's not part of their job, um, unless you have an interest in it, like I do. Uh, you're not going to be uh, someone who can really make investment decisions as a planned participant. Next, always on my hit list, uh, is always going to be too many investments, choices on a lineup. Is it really a bad idea? Um... I grew up in a time when there was one set of Cheerios, then Honey Nut was two, and, you know, we had that for a while. I think now you go to the supermarket, it feels like there's 50 different varieties of Cheerios. Did we really need a Dolce de Leche Cheerios? Did we really need a Blueberry Cheerios, a Team Cheerios? Whatever there is. I don't think they make Team Cheerios anymore. But anyway, what's, you know, a lot of... Companies like to have 50 different versions of, you know, Procter & Gamble loves the 50 different versions of Tide. It's uh, it's great for them. They get more interest, more sales. That doesn't work when they're a 401k plan. Um, I think that plan sponsors assume that more choice is a good thing because uh, we were, were led to believe in this, you know, United States, uh, about freedom of choice, and democracy, and all that kind of stuff. And while 65 varieties of Cheerios is fantastic um, for some people, uh, 65 investment choices on a fund lineup is an absolutely bad idea. And the reason is, is that studies have shown that participants are overwhelmed with too many choices. They don't know one, you know, if a plan has 10 different large cap funds, they don't know one from the other. And that actually turns them off from actually actively participating in the plan. So more investment choices will decrease participation in the plan. We don't like that. There's no reason to have 50-something choices. This isn't Golden Corral. This isn't the uh, one of the few restaurants I actually miss in the area. 
is Ponderosa. Um, I think at one point there was a Ponderosa in State College, Pennsylvania. I think that was the closest one to me. I don't know if that still exists, but you know, the Ponderosa uh, salad bar. You know, as a kid, we didn't eat out a lot. My parents weren't as well off as I am now. Um, so therefore, you know, going on vacation, that was like a big deal. And the salad bar at Ponderosa or Sizzler, wow, that's got so many different choices. And for me as a kid, um, we didn't go to Ponderosa that much because there wasn't any, there wasn't that many in the area. But uh, for those in Brooklyn and Long Island, Cookie Steak Pub, boy, uh, the banana nut bread, uh, salad bar, um, they actually had a dessert bar where you pick up your ice cream and you put toppings on it. My God, that was a great place. Cookie Steak Pub. They had uh, locations, I want to say, in Brooklyn, I remember. They had one in Valley Stream. They certainly had one out by Lake Grove, Stony Brook, and or probably one Paramus. I don't know, but look that up. But, you know, 70-something different varieties in a salad bar, that's great. Plant, spawn, uh, plant participants get scared away, and there's no reason why you need 25 or 30 or 40 or, or 67 different investment choices under a plan. It just makes absolutely no sense, and I'll never understand it. Why, to me, when you have a plan sponsor that made choices, even with target date funds, uh, even with target date funds, you should only have, you know, 18 funds or something like that at most. That's my... That's my <laughs> that's what I, that's what I decide, but uh, again, uh, less is more. Um, uh, when it comes to speaking engagements and uh, ERISA attorney opinions, and um, you know, investment choices on a fund lineup, less is more. Last but not least, fees only have to be reasonable. Plan sponsors again have this crazy misconception that they have to get the lowest fees possible. No, that is not true. That is absolutely not true. Fees have to be reasonable for the services provided. So, I don't know. It's one of those things. I don't know if you guys know, but I remember as a kid, uh, you go to the local supermarket, which by me was Wallbounds. The generic uh, food, you, you, you thought that that was like awful. It was like no frills packaging. They actually had companies. It was like no frills, you know, apple juice. And I remember as a kid drinking the Wallbaum's apple juice. But I remember the Wallbaum's white bread was just tasted horribly. Um, and in you know, this day and age, when you look to something like Wegmans uh, or Kirkland's with the Costco brand, um, there's no shame in in in, in a house brand. Um, you know, you look at some of those Wegman brands, I mean, it's fantastic stuff. I, I was actually at a, a Bucky's um, in Georgia last month, and, you know, they have a lot of house brand stuff, and the stuff was really, really good. You know, you get off that misconception that uh, no frills uh, is bad, uh, that a house brand from a supermarket or a store is bad. It's, it's not true. But the problem is, is that when it comes to retirement plan services, uh, plan sponsors can't take a no-frills provider. I, I think that taking somebody that just does it, something just on the cheap um, is a bad idea. Uh, picking a plan provider just because they're the cheapest plan provider out there is a recipe for disaster. 
Um, again, you don't have to pick the cheapest provider. Plan sponsor has to pick one that's reasonable. They want to get a lot more service, like a 316 service in there. They can do that. It's up to them. Uh, I just think that it's an absolute mistake uh, for plan sponsors to just hire somebody just because they're the cheapest. And they need to understand that it's only got to be reasonable. Uh, you want to pay more because you're getting more, you can do that. You have that kind of leverage. You don't have that, um, you know, requirement that we have this race to zero. And it's one of those funny, it's one of those funny things when you look at it. Years ago, you had uh, Chicken Littles in the 401k plan industry. Um, we had, you know, years ago, people thought that um, if we... Uh, if we have fee disclosure, there's going to be some race to zero, and the only plan sponsors, uh, plan providers that are going to make out are the cheapest. And that really hasn't been true. And I still saw uh, articles talking about the race to zero. We don't have a race to zero. We've always had fee compression. And competition and transparency is going to do that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, there's always a chicken little. There were chicken littles that said, well, you know, if we have fiduciary rule that's going to apply to brokers, uh, brokers are going to leave this business, blah, 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 blah. really hasn't happened. Same thing with um, fee disclosures. Not only were you going to have a race to zero, you were also going to have plan sponsors that were going to supposedly terminate their plans because they didn't want to deal with the headache of fee disclosure. Has that ever happened? Did any? Has there ever been a plan sponsor that says, you know what, I can't deal with looking at a fee disclosure and benchmarking the fees. I think I'm going to terminate the 401k plan. Never happened. I don't think it ever happened, and uh, that's a challenge out there. If you can find a plan sponsor that did that, please let me know, because um, I don't think that ever happened. But that's just the nature. People are afraid of change. Um, everything is gloom and doom. And in the end, uh, you know, like in the movie Poseidon Adventure, there will be a morning after. Um, there's got to be a morning after, and that's one of my favorite songs. Uh, and originally that song, which was sung by Maureen McGovern, but not in the movie, it was somebody else um, sang it. It wasn't, what's her name? Uh, Carol Lindley did not sing it. That was not her voice. But anyway, originally um, the song was going to be, uh, it was something like, why should there be a morning after? So it was like a really negative song. And then, of course, they changed the wording and became a very, very positive song. But that's my tidbit for the day, I guess. But anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode of the 4K Podcast. We will be back next week with next week's episode. We hope that you tune in. And of course, that4ksite.com for further information on all our live events. Thanks. Take care.